Today's episode of Blastburn Radio was brought to you by Joybird, Ezra Horn, Jerry, and other listeners just like you. If you'd like to support Blastburn Radio, you can do so over at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. You can pledge your support and start earning exclusive rewards today. Thank you. are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blast Burn Radio. I'm your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me is our... Our unplanned break boy, our bonus episode co-host, Messer Engine. Uh, Mess, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. It's the weekend, and we're here with a bonus episode. The bonus. Yeah, so if you are tuning in expecting your regularly scheduled episode 64 of Last Burn Radio, I sincerely apologize, guys. This series is really, really jam-packed full of gameplay. We knew that coming in, and this has been exacerbated by the fact that our dear friend Celeste just bought her first home and is now going through an experience that is a cautionary tale on home buying. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into the details of her personal life here on the show, but she's having a really, really hard time of it, so if you hang out on twitter or in discord any of the places where you see celeste around be sure to give her some some commiseration and some support because she could dearly use it right now yeah her last two weeks have not been not been good we're just gonna leave it at that yeah so uh, that made it incredibly challenging for her to complete gameplay and and rather than push her to complete an all-nighter to get it done as she was prepared to be a trooper and do uh we told her to take the week off and we decided that we would bring you guys something uh different and fun instead so i hope that you guys enjoy it yeah bonus episodes when we do all the the fun weird stuff that we don't get to do normally because gameplay yeah, we get to act like other podcasts and actually talk about things. Holy shit! What? <laughs> so, as you guys know, first of all, first and foremost, if you are avoiding absolutely all news and announcements on the Generation 8 titles, there's going to be some discussion of that stuff in this episode. Nothing heavy, no leaks, no spoilers, nothing of that nature, but if you like, if you didn't watch the announcement trailer, if you don't know the content in that trailer, then now is probably a good time to bounce out if you don't want that, because we are going to talk about it. But, that said, if you're still here, your fault, not mine. Um, <laughs> the announcement of Pokemon Sword and Shield and the Galar region and the Galar starter trio has led to a ton of conversation in the community around starter Pokemon. Uh, we've seen that the recent trend on Twitter, if you're active on Pokemon Twitter, I'm sure you've seen it, uh, where people are arguing over what is the shittiest starter of a given type. Uh, and you are all monsters for picking on my dear sweet Tepig as though there is not a Finnegan right there. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, we have seen many, many PokeTubers doing their own rundowns and rankings of all the starters. And if you're active in our community, you've seen a, a fair amount of buzz like in our Discord between our community members and even our hosts debating the merits of certain starters with me and Mess arguing vehemently over my sweet, sweet fire wrestler cat. So there's just a lot of conversation around it. Of course there are, is because we have a brand new trio of starters and everyone is hype and excited for that. So that got us to talking about what we value in starters and who our favorite starters are. Now, the, the recent trend on YouTube of ranking starter trios, we're not going to do exactly that because what they're doing is ranking them as a region trio. And we basically already do that on the main show. Every time we go to a new region, we talk about who our first starter was, who our favorite starter was, all that good stuff. So you already get that out of us. Uh, so instead, what we decided we're going to do is we are just going to rank the starters by our own personal preference from the top down. So every single starter in every Pokemon game, we are going to go through and we're going to say which ones we like the least, which ones we like the best, and why. And by top down, Jolly meant bottom up. Bottom up, yeah. We're starting at the starting at the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> now, just a couple of quick notes. Uh, we are judging these starters using whatever criteria we personally want to. Uh, these can include design, viability, typing, competitive use, gameplay use, whatever. It is an entirely personal list, and as such, we can use whatever criteria makes sense to us personally. For instance, my criteria includes a lot of design considerations, a lot of viability in competitive, and a lot of viability as a starter how good this pokemon is when you get it from the professor without egg moves hidden ability or anything else uh and of course for me personally there's there's a healthy dose of nostalgia uh but we'll talk about those reasons as we come to them we are judging these starters based on their entire evolutionary line obviously this information isn't available for the galar starters and we are including them in this ranking just based on what we have so far but we'll update you guys on whether those rankings change once we uh see the, the final designs of their evolved forms and then once we've had a chance to actually play with them so this will be kind of a living document a living list for now but we are including them this is self-explanatory, but these lists are completely subjective and based on personal preference. You're not going to agree with us. We're not going to agree with each other. That's fine. That's why we're here. We're going to talk about it. We are also including Eevee and Pikachu in this list. Due to, obviously, Let's Go Eevee for Eevee, and then Let's Go as well as Pokemon Yellow for Pikachu. Uh, we are not including their entire evolutionary lines, however, because when these two Pokemon are available as starters, they can't evolve. So Raichu and the Eeveelutions are uh, non-factors in these rankings. My Alolan Raichu boy! <laughs> sweet, sweet pancakes. Uh, <laughs> now, as Mess mentioned, we are starting at the bottom of the list at number 26, and we're going to work our way up. Uh, and to avoid repeating the same information and arguments over and over, we'll talk about Amon once we have both placed it on the list. So uh, every time we get a match, as it were, we'll talk about that Mon and why we placed it there. Finally, once we have our completed list, once we have ranked everything from number 26 to number one, we'll talk a little bit about those rankings and, and kind of our mental process coming into them. And then we're going to consolidate them for a definitive Blast Burn Radio list that is probably going to make us both very angry, uh, but it's going to be the definitive list of our shared opinions on these starters. And because Jolly and I have such different opinions on lots of things, all our stuff at the top and bottom will probably end up in the middle. Yep, that is that is almost certainly correct. All right, Mess, do you have any, any notes or you want to go ahead and jump in? 
Yeah, well, uh, let's let's just get started. Twenty six slots is a lot of slots plus discussion. Absolutely. Okay. Well, then I will I will let you have the first draw, Messer Engine number twenty six. Who is your least favorite starter? Worst boy goes to chess pin. <laughs> you have just made Pegasus so happy right now. Don't worry. Just just wait. Just wait. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get added so fast in about ten minutes. That's that's fair. My number 26 spot goes to Evie. Uh, so I am also not making friends today. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no friends. This is going to be be hate cast. Hope you guys enjoy it. And get your Kool-Aid jammers and chill out. <laughs> we got 25 more to go. Okay. Uh, well, let's keep it rolling until we get a match. Who's your number 25 mess? Uh, Oshawott. Oshawott. Oh, Oshawott. Like, Lasix, buddy. Okay. Uh, my number 25 is Cyndaquil. Really not making friends. <laughs> nope. Nope. There goes the PWTU crowd. <laughs> yep. Yep. Done. I'm, I'm dead to Josh Nichols right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, at number 24, I have Finnegan. You have Finnegan. I have Lytton here. Oh, you son of a gun. Okay. Hey, let's be honest. With all that we've, like, argued about this Pokemon over the last, like, forever, you're just lucky it's not 26. We knew this was going to be a sticking point. It's, we'll, we'll get there. It's fine. We'll talk about that one in a long way. We'll get a match eventually. Uh, who do you have at number 23, Mess? Uh, Chikorita. Mojito. You, you son of a bitch. Okay, well, my number 23 is Chimchar. Yeah, that's that's fair. He is a monkey who failed you twice. He failed me twice. Uh, he was just... killed by a Chingling. That that alone <laughs> is might be grounds for bottom bottom five. For banishment, yeah. Okay, well, we've got a match here. Who's your number 22? Uh, Tepig. Tepig, okay. Well, we got a match on my end because my number 22 is Oshawott. Oshawott. You want you want to talk why Oshawa is a twenty two boy, and then I'll talk about why he's a twenty five boy. That's fine. I mean, we got him in the same ballpark, so I think we're going to be pretty pretty much in agreement here. So, I love my sweet baby Lasix. I have genuinely mixed feelings about this line. Just kind of a, a, a blanket asterisk in general. I. Even the ones that annoy me the most, with the exception of Partner Eevee, because fuck you and your baddie bad, I like all of these Pokemon. So it, it pains me to have to put any of them at the bottom, but Oshawott definitely belonged near the bottom. It's actually, it's a great starter for gameplay. Uh, without egg moves, hidden abilities, anything of that nature, this thing puts in a lot of work, and it's quite possibly the best starter to use in Unova. If not the best, it's it's definitely the second best that said Oshawott is a mon where his evolutions feel disjointed his stats are well-rounded to the point of it kind of being a fault where he's so mediocre at everything that he doesn't excel at much of anything Oshawott himself is reasonably cute although far from my favorite base form and probably the least attractive of the Unova trio. Duat is a fantastic second stage, among my favorite second stage Mon of all time, but Samurott is just bad. He betrays the direction of his design up until this point, going from being like a bipedal swordsman ninja aesthetic to being a quadruped all of a sudden with a pointy helmet and mustaches. And it just, it really doesn't feel like the designers knew where they were going with this Pokemon. Yeah, so 
a lot of the stuff that we discussed is at the bottom of my list uh, is going to fall very much into that uh, betrayal of direction category for for me. And this this lad is definitely in that category. It's really funny because I think Oshawa is pretty pretty cute uh, and pretty cool. He looks like he's got like a bib, which is weird. And Dua is so neat. Sony, I was like digging this. I expected Samurai to be like actual Samurai Otter, right? Complete with like armor and some sort of like sword-like thing. And then it just, it, it fucking wasn't. It wasn't even close. It was so weird. It's like they handed it to the intern. And we're like, hey, why don't you, you, you won the contest. Design a Pokemon. Like, go. I can't, I can't deal with it. Him and his stash. I remember being so flabbergasted. Like, I never played Gen 5 and before our series. And when we sat down to do it, I was like, hmm, I never really saw what the last form of this looks like. And I went, what? I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not, I'm going to say something about Lyndon later, but it just, it just doesn't work for me. And it completely turns me off. I also don't have any nostalgia attached to this Pokemon because I never played Gen 5. And everybody knows my feelings on that good black and white. So, yeah. It, it, it's not winning any accolades for me. Well, I'm I'm sorry, Lasix. I still love you, buddy. But, yeah, you, you definitely belong there in the bottom five. Who's your number 21, Mess? Uh, my 21 is Trico. Your 21 is Trico. Okay, well, we have another match on my end because my 21 is Chespin. Chess pin. So you put this sweet little chestnut boy at the dirt worst bottom. Uh, so you want to tell us, tell us why? I, I fucking hate him. <laughs> like, I hate him more than any Pokemon almost ever. Like, remember that point in season one was like, I fucking hate Zubat. That's kind of how I feel about chess pin. Like Zubat fell off that list, flew to the top on wings of glory. And chess pin is there at the bottom being like, Hey, what about me? I'm like, fuck you. You stay right down there. Like, he starts off with a, a little kind of, like, promise to him. He's like this chipper little, I don't know, chipmunk thing. And then he turns into something real weird. Like, real, real weird. And I'm like, okay, maybe you're going for, like, spiky ball. You know, that's that's a thing. What even the fuck is Chestnut, you guys? He's, I look at him and his gangly fucking arm. I'm like, what? What are you? Like, I know what Samurai is. I don't like it, but I, I get it. <laughs> Chestnut is, I don't even fucking know. There's, it feels like there's no, like, cohesive direction to him. I know that you and I were talking the other day and you're like, he's like a wood paladin. And I was like, oh, fucking what? Like, I don't, I don't see it. He's just, he becomes some sort of bipedal walnut with like long arm. I don't, no, no, I like a lot of grass Pokemon. Not, not this lad. He can stay down there and fight evil in a place I can't see him forever. <laughs> so for me, Chespin is in many ways like the polar opposite of Oshawott. Uh, he's actually a really fantastic Pokemon competitively. He has a great stat spread with enormous physical defense. He gets access to a really good hidden ability and bulletproof, which makes him immune to moves like Shadow Ball and Sludge Bomb. He gets access to great moves like Spikes, Synthesis, Superpower, Drain Punch. 
The problem is, unfortunately, all of these moves come from egg moves or tutors. Chespin is quite possibly the worst starter in the series to actually use in gameplay. All of the tools he needs to be really successful and sustain his slow, bulky playstyle are locked behind breeding and in-game training. I do really like Chespin from a design standpoint, unlike our good friend Mess. I think Chestnut is a fantastic Pokemon, but I will say that his middle stage, Quilladin, is absolutely the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> Chestnut's viability and use in competitive saves this line from being the dirt worst for me like it is for Mess. Again, it is super good. It's on my, my Blastburn Radio uh, Draft League team, and I enjoy using it, but I will never, of my free will... Choose Chespin in my life as my starter in X and Y, because doing so is just asking for misery. So what you're saying is we need to deal you a decisive defeat uh, before we enter Kalos so you can use it the entire way. Black and white, too, is the battle for who is stuck with Chespin. Absolutely. Okay. We're <laughs> going to make a big marquee for it when we launch the series. The battle for not Chespin. <laughs> all right now uh we're definitely gonna have at least one more match up next who's your number 20 mess uh it's evie it's um, evie it's evie so full disclosure i really like evie a lot like a lot a lot but evie's allure if you will is 100 percent in the fact that it can be almost anything right there's obviously we don't have a every type for Eevee at this juncture. But for the most part, if you like Pokemon, there's something for you to like about Eevee. It can be something that fills a hole in your team if you're doing a Nuzlocke. It's a really cool Pokemon. A lot of the Eeveelutions are actually really great, or at least middling, uh, decent at, at worst. Maybe not Flareon, but that's fine. Eevee star starter Eevee doesn't get any of those things because he doesn't evolve. And it's not the bottom of my list because I still like Eevee as a Pokemon. Like if Pokemon IRL existed, I could see having an Eevee as a pet. It's cute. I like it. This I got nothing wrong with normal types, but it just it can't hold a torch to most of this the stuff on this list, even with moves like Batty Bad. Just because it it doesn't it doesn't get access to everything that makes Eevee cool. Yeah, Eevee is a baddie bad. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> it's there's a lot of things that I don't like about Let's Go, and Eevee is just kind of like the the consolidation point for that for me. For for all the reasons you said, Mess, the most interesting thing about this Pokemon is all the different ways that it can evolve. And they just said, What if you just can't do that though? And that's dumb and stupid, and I hate it. I hate all of its stupid gimmick moves that are broken and bad. You know, I've had so many in our community be like, oh man, I really hope they connect Let's Go to Gen 8. I fucking don't, and this thing is 110% the reason why. If I start seeing baddie bad Eevees on fucking OU ladder, that just might be the end of Pokemon for me. Fuck, fuck starter Eevee. It, fuck it right in the ear. It's it's dead to me. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get to that point, but it's fucking starter Pikachu for Let's Go gets access to some pretty stupid shit, too. It does. It does. But at least it has the benefit of being Pikachu. Uh, that's that's not that's not a lot for me. But yeah. <laughs> well, we actually have another match because my number 20 is Trico. Trico. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> so I really actually like Trico. 
Trico, and I think that Grovile is among the best second stages in the game. It's right up there with Duat and some of the ones we'll talk about later. And that's one place where a lot of starter lines fail. And I tend to be very forgiving of those failures, but I still want to praise the ones that actually, like, do it right. Septile is 100% where this line falls apart for me. Where Grovile is sleek and slick, Septile is just a big fat lizard with a tree growing out of his ass and balls up and down his back. His mega helps with this a little bit, helps him get a little bit of that sleekness that, that Grovile had back, but not enough to make me love it. He's also a victim of the March of Time. It doesn't feel great that the move that was once signature of this line, Leaf Blade, is now best used by other Mon because Septile is primarily a special attacker. That just, that's just not, like, again, it's, it's something that is 100% the victim of the March of Time and mechanics, but it's still not a great look. I, like, for me, Trico. <sighs> Of all the Gen 3 starters, I never felt that Trico was actually like that great, especially in early gameplay in comparison to Mudkip and Torchic. And I don't like it on that to begin with. You are right about Grovile, though. Second stage fucking evolution for Trico is amazing. It's so good. The little raptor lad. But then he becomes... Let's just put it this way. I live in Maine and there are millions of fucking septiles all around me. Because he looks like a fucking pine tree. <laughs> it's Christmas time in Pokemon all the time. I just, I don't really like the the, the design of Sceptile. And I, you just can't hold a candle for me to, to the other starters in his generation and obviously in many others. Yeah, I, I agree. And spoilers, I don't even love this trio a whole lot. But I, I would definitely agree that Trico is the worst of it. Yeah. All right, so at number 19, actually, speaking of not loving this trio a whole lot, at 19, I have Torchic. Me too! Hey, we have a match! <laughs> Go figure. So for, for Torchic, let's let's get this out of the way. Uh, Combuskin's a dick. Like, he is literally uh, a cock and balls, uh, which is ironic and funny for a rooster Pokemon, but there you go. The Torchic line is is good. It's solidly good. For me personally, this line is where the good starters start. The original firefighting line, it's really solidly usable and viable. I just don't love it. At every stage, this Pokemon just feels solidly meh to me, personally. It's it's good, and aside from Combuskin, I don't really feel negatively about it, so that's cool. I just don't really feel positively about it either. I really like Torchic as a like a baby Pokemon. I love that there's this little chick that hops around and like pecks, which is, is really great. And Blaziken is pretty fucking crazy, especially with speed boosts, but... He's so slow. <laughs> you can't get that speed boost going. OG Gen 3. It's, it's real bad. It's real bad all the time. You just, you can punch holes in things if you can go, but you ain't never gonna go. You're just gonna die. Die to earthquake. Die to aerial ace. Everything. And I experienced that firsthand in season three. Of all my Pokemon in Season 3 of Blastman Radio, Ares was by far the least effective member of my team. Fucking Cerberus was was better. He was so sassy, though. Oh, God, so sassy. Sassy, <laughs> sassy firefighting Pokemon is like a Mez tradition. Just yeah. keeps coming back. 
<laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. All right, all right. Well, what is what is your number eighteen mess? Uh, the grand betrayal. Squirtle is here at eighteen. <gasps> J'accuse. All right. Well, I don't think you're going to feel particularly great about mine either. Uh, my number eighteen is Poplio. What? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's where we're at. Uh, and then actually following him right up at number seventeen, I have Rowlet. You have Rowlet. I have Charmander. The Char. You are going to piss off all those Gen 1 boys. You know, I really like Gen 1. It's just, I I don't feel like the starters themselves have aged well. But we can talk about that when we, we find their match. I would agree. For all of them, I think that the Megas are kind of their saving grace, but we'll we'll get there. Who do you have at 16? Uh, Pikachu. Pikachu. Okay, I have Piplup. Piplup. Piplup, Piplup. Piplup's my 15. Hey, well, guess what? Chikorita's my 15, so we got two matches. We got two things to talk about. <laughs> Who you want? Well, let's do... Chikorita is lower for you than Piplup is for me. So let's do Chikorita first. So, Chikorita... This is going to sound like real silly, I think. But when we were ranking this list, a lot of starters ended up where they were. Not necessarily always because I strictly, like, really disliked them. But because of how I felt about other things. Right? So, like, I'd be like, oh, I really like this. It needs to be here or this needs to be here. And some stuff just got pushed down. And Chikorita is one of those. The more that I went through this list, the more that I was like, when have I ever wanted to use a Chikorita in fucking gameplay? I had a fucking choice. We're in Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver. I could have picked it. I had second choice. I didn't. I passed it right the fuck to Celeste and picked Cyndaquil, which is probably arguably going to bite me in the ass later on. I'm already having a little bit of buyer's remorse there in, like, week two. But it is a Pokemon that, in its base form, I think is really cute, but just gets real weird. And honestly, the only reason it did not fall lower was because of Mojito. Like, your use of Meganium in Season 2 was amazing. I loved Mojito. But it's not a Pokemon that I want to use at all. Visually, it doesn't excite me. I don't think it's particularly interesting. And yeah, I, it's just, it's just not for me. I don't have the biggest thing that I can lob at Chikorita is I feel nothing for it one way or the other. That's fair. That's fair. So this, this is your line then where my line was, was Torchic. Yeah. I just, it doesn't make me feel anything. I don't feel excited. I don't feel angry it's just there that's fair uh and i will say reasonably chikorita should probably be lower on my list that said i just genuinely love my baby mojito so hashtag deal with it my love for chikorita is based almost entirely in its design uh, this is a pokemon who in my opinion is well designed at every stage messer engine you bastard he starts cute and he grows powerful but he never like loses or betrays the characteristics that made him cute as a chikorita if that makes sense i will agree with that which I appreciate that. I love dinosaur po Pokemon just in general. I love almost all the fossils and I love other Pokemon that take inspiration from prehistoric creatures and dinosaurs. And Meganium is a great flower apatosaurus friend and that makes me happy. He's so dopey though. 
It struggles in gameplay, and this is where the criticisms largely come from. He's a defensive tank with a typing and move pool that isn't conducive at all to that playstyle. While Grass as a type is rife with great defensive mon, they all either have, like, great typing, great secondary typing that mitigates that weakness, I'm looking at you, Ferrothorn, or great move pools and abilities, like Tangrowth, that facilitate this type of gameplay. Meganium has none of this, and it struggles, uh, both in competitive and even in gameplay where almost every single gym in Johto is strong against grass. It's not a great starter. I just love it anyway. Yeah, that's totally fair. It's it's just it doesn't make my heart grow fonder. <laughs> that's fair. Um how do you feel about Piplup? I actually kind of like Piplup. You wouldn't think that where it's sitting on 15, but I I like the penguin, but I've never like really found an opportunity where I was like Yes, Piplup over Turtwig or Chimchar. I think it's really, really neat that it's got the steel typing. And at the same time, I feel like it almost makes it a worse Pokemon at times. Yeah. And I don't appreciate that too much. Empoleon, like Piplup through Empoleon, I, I like I like the design a lot. I think it looks real cool. But again, the things that are above it as we approach the top half of the list were things that I just liked more. That's fair. Piplup, for me, from a design standpoint, I love Piplup. I think that Piplup is a really cute and attractive starter Pokemon. I have a Build-A-Bear Piplup plush, like, in my, like, fucking background in my streams, because I think he's a good and cute boy. I love him. He's an adorable little fighty penguin, and I will punch anyone who hurts him. I don't love Prinplup or Empoleon. I don't actively dislike them, but they're very middle of the road as far as starter evolutions for me. They just don't excite me. Competitively, Empoleon is very good. Water Steel is fantastic typing defensively. It has great defensive stats and a phenomenal support move pool. It, it's a great mon to play with. It's not without weaknesses. It's weak to ground and fighting, which means that it loses to both of the other Sinnoh starters 1v1. And its stat spread and learn set just make it really difficult to use in gameplay in the very, very early game when it's still a Piplup. These are really small criticisms, though. It's just a very good Pokemon. Yeah, it definitely is. It just, uh, I don't know. There's so many things above it that I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, you get down here and you're like, this is good, but. Not as good as those other guys. Yeah, that's that's more than fair. Uh, who do you have at 14, Mess? 14 honestly should be much lower on my list. I kind of feel like this is my Chikorita as far as, uh, or your... Yeah. Yeah, you know what yeah. I meant. It's Cyndaquil. I actually don't like Typhlosion that much, but I really like Cyndaquil and Quilava a lot. In terms of their design and their look, I really think, like, the fire spines are really, really cool. I also listen to PWTU, uh, and I mean, Trouble is such a good lad. Listening to that show has definitely enhanced my love of this Pokemon, for good or ill. And it's honestly one of the reasons why I did end up picking him for the series we're on right now. I mean, that's really fair. I, I do agree that Cyndaquil is a really cool Pokemon, despite how low I ranked it. It was second to the bottom for me. Uh, again, just a quick reminder, because we've gone over a lot of Pokemon since then. I ranked this boy 25. 
It suffers for me heavily, though, on a couple of points. Uh, Cyndaquil is mono fire, and I just, I don't love monotype starters in general. Some of my favorites are monotype, but it takes something special or mitigating to get you up there. And especially, you need coverage options, which the Cyndaquil line lacks badly. When it was introduced, this was mitigated by Thunder Punch, but time and the physical special split were not kind to this line. The same is actually true of its design. Time has not been kind. The move to 3D models and the extinguishing of the Cyndaquil line's ever-burning back flames did a murder to the cool factor of this Pokemon. It went from being an awesome spiky porcupine with fire quills to being this weird little naked mole rat that shoots out fire when it's pissed off. Yep. It isn't nearly as awesome like this. It's just not. Uh, if we were ranking these lines when they were new, Cyndaquil would have done really well for me. But as things stand, this is one of the least impressive starter lines for me, more thanks to time than anything else. Yeah, Typhlosion's coverage is not is not good. It's not good. It's just it's just not good. Like if you want to use Typhlosion competitively, give it choice specs and eruption and click it until you die. That's it. Yep. And honestly, like as we're playing through Heart Gold Soul Silver right now, like I'm looking at my team list and going, How long is Pabu gonna stay on the roster? Like, he's just not gonna have the mileage that I want him to, and like I, I'm well aware of that. This isn't gonna be like season two when Celeste brought out Typhlosion at the end of the game and suddenly this lackluster mon was a devastating, like killing machine. <laughs> you just need to believe in Pabu more. You know, I believed in the heart of the cards once, and then I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Well, uh, we got another match because my number 14 is Tepic. Tepig, Tepig. Uh, and, and I'm sure someone's going to be upset because Tepig is, as you can tell by the rankings, my personal favorite of the firefighting starters. Though, admittedly, most of that strength is in the design. This cute little fire pig evolves into a massive firefighting biker boar, which I think is really cool. Uh, this line for me is the best possible combination of cute and fierce, and I absolutely love it. Uh, to top it off, Imbor has a fantastic shiny sprite with blue-purple flames, and he's on my list to breed and hunt for. Uh, he's also got a really interesting mechanical design that I appreciate. He has a sky-high HP stat, low defenses, and an emphasis on recoil moves, with his hidden ability Reckless even boosting their damage. He even has one of the very few signature moves that remains signature to a starter that was introduced before Generation 6 in Heat Crash. He isn't the best starter, but he's interesting and he's fun and I love him a lot. And Tepic was much lower on my list. Again, Gen 5, do not like, would not repeat. Also, didn't play it when it was out. Also, Tepic turned into Bacon in week one of season five for me. When failing utterly to save himself and honestly, most of the party, if we're being honest, I don't know. I think my experience in season five and my personal only experience with Tepic in gameplay definitely colors my opinion of where he shows up on this list. Because from a design standpoint, at least like a visual design standpoint, I think Embor is fucking badass. Like, he's really, really cool. I just... I'm not a big fan of how that Pokemon works mechanically. It's it's a novel and interesting idea that isn't always well executed. And just hashtag personal feelings. Salt, 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 salt. <laughs> that's that's fair. Mess, who'd you rank at 13? Froakie, the top of the bottom. 
Okay. I mean, that's, that's I think, a pr- probably a pretty solid place for him. We're not going to have to wait too long to talk about that boy. My number 13 was Grookey. Grookey, the new monkey. The first of the Galar starters on my list. Yep. Yeah. I, the, those boys went high. I will talk more about our feelings on the list, but I was surprised at how high they all went for me. At number 12, I ranked Mudkip. I got Turtwig there. <laughs> okay. We're going to have just Matchapalooza in the top 10, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we definitely got a match in the next one. Who's your number 11? Sobble. Sobble. Okay. Well, that's not a match yet, but I ranked Froki number 11. You ranked Froki number 11. So let's let's just start off. Ash Greninja and actually just regular Greninja are real, is a really great fucking Pokemon. It's like Water Dark is great. It's got good coverage. It's fast. It's devastating. It's got good abilities. I got no problems with Froki. He is my good Naruto fucking ninja boy. I like him an awful lot. Again, we've just hit the top of the bottom uh, for me at 13 for Froki. So everything above him, I like an awful lot. He's real fragile. <laughs> and I don't tend to run boys that are like paper, which is actually a problem for me sometimes as I'm learning in, in draft. Things that outspeed me murder me very badly sometimes. But yeah, I don't actually have any issues with Froki. It's just everybody above him I love more for lots of reasons. But he is a really cool Mon design. Also, as a note on Gen 6, I love how the secondary typings also uh, are countered by their elemental like opposition. So you have the uh, fucking chest pin is grass fighting, which is counters on both types. On Greninja with Water Dark. I think that's like fantastic. Just a note, but go ahead. No, no, that's that's more than fair. And I'm kind of in the same position, actually, starting at, at my number 12, which is Mudkip. Everything above that line is just fantastic, as far as I'm concerned. I I have more criticisms, I think, of Mudkip than anything else above there, and we'll, we'll get to that, obviously. But all my criticisms at this point are, like, really, really, like... Petty. I, I don't know if petty is the right word, but they're small. They, they are small potatoes. These are all great Pokemon that I think are fantastic. And the Froki line is no exception. It is good in every way that it is possible for a Pokemon to be good. It's well designed and it's just, well, frankly, cool. It's genuinely good in gameplay and in competitive where it is a top tier Pokemon with multiple abilities and sets. Uh, it has a really diverse move pool with great coverage options. It is a fast offensive revenge killer with access to prior it's just fucking good uh, it's a major player in the anime on par with charizard if only for one season and the only real criticisms that i can leverage at this line are that well, number one i don't love froki itself i think that it gets better and better as it evolves i think that both frogadier and greninja are fantastic but froki is pretty middling for me from a design standpoint uh, and detective pikachu the movie greninja genuinely freaks me out Greninja also suffers from being pushed as the cool Pokemon that Game Freak wants you to love, just like things like Charizard and Lucario and Pikachu. That doesn't bother me personally, but if that sort of thing bothers you, you probably don't love it. But yeah, this is a truly fantastic starter. It's a very good mod. Agreed. So at number 10, I have Pikachu. And I have Snivy. Hey, okay, so Pikachu is a a match. So... Pikachu the starter is an interesting case. 
the mandated starter of both Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, he suffers from at least some of the same problems that Eevee does in Let's Go. He is stunted as a starter, unable to evolve. This is much less of a problem for Pikachu, however, because Pikachu is not a Pokemon that is defined by its evolutions. Quite the opposite. If anything, Raichu is perpetually ignored and overlooked in favor of Pikachu. He's the mascot of the company, the face of the brand, and it feels totally natural to take Pikachu with you on a journey. Again, like with Greninja, if you dislike being told which Pokemon to love, Pikachu might rub you wrong. There are plenty of Pokemon fans who think it's cool to hate Pikachu, and that's that's valid, I guess. For my money, though, he is a great Pokemon and a great starter by extension. If you love Pokemon reasonably, you probably love Pikachu. Yeah, so for me, Pikachu is down at 16. And I don't I don't hate Pikachu. Like, there's a lot of people in the community who think it's really cool to hate on Pikachu. You're absolutely right. We've talked to some of them in the past. But it's never really a Pokemon that excited me. Like, when I got my copy of Red and Blue, it's because... Char, uh, Charmander or Charizard, because that's what was on the cartridge, and Blastoise were fucking awesome, right? Like, that was so cool. I was playing the games before I watched the anime, so it wasn't a situation in which I was like, oh, Pikachu's the best. I want to play Pokemon on Game Boy. That that wasn't the case. And as a typing, like, Electric's good, but I don't have many Pokemon that are Electric type that I like a lot. It's just not, it's just not a typing that I care for. Sorry, Brad. And it very much falls into that, that category. The only exception in terms of like Pikachu and Pikachu's evolutionary line, which we're, we're not considering those in this evaluation is I love Alolan Raichu. I think it's, it's very, very cool. I also like regular Raichu too. I, I used one in one of our series, but Pikachu on its own. It's meh for me. It's the mascot, but I think there's cooler stuff out there. That is fair. Um, all right, Mess. Well, who is, who do you got at number nine? Oh, we're going to have, we're going to have fun with this one. It's Fanakin. Fanakin. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe he made it that high for you. Yeah. So here's the deal. I came back to Pokemon in Gen 4 and then sat out Gen 5. Entirely not necessarily out of any like hatred of what Gen 5 was or what the marketing was or anything like that. My life just got busy again. Like I got out of college. I was trying to make ends meet. Whatever. I came back to Pokemon again in Gen 6. And Fennekin was the first Pokemon that I picked up. Because I really like foxes as an animal. Uh, I like foxes. I like the mythological uh, what Kitsune or Kitsune. I, as an animal... I like them a lot. And then to have Fennekin evolve with like kind of a mysticism kind of aspect to it where she's clearly very kind of almost like based around like a witch or witchcraft, I thought was so cool. And it was so neat. I love the fire psychic typing a lot. Yes, the second form in particular furry bait, good lord. But it, <laughs> it was it was not enough. To, to turn me off to this particular evolutionary line. I love the fact, and this is true of all the Gen 6 stars actually, that they're so colorful. That game is vibrant. And I feel like Fennekin's line is no exception. The, the pastel almost like oranges, uh, and reds are so good and I love them so much. 
I was really surprised as I was going through this that Fennekin kept climbing and climbing and climbing. It certainly helped, uh, admittedly, that I just watched for the first time Griffin McElroy's uh, Why Nuzlocke. I got to watch Tiffin, like, just carry the day for him in a lot of cases. But, yeah, I, I really like Fennekin. I know a lot of people don't, but it, it's a personal must because it's in my top ten list, obviously. All right, well, just a quick reminder, since it's been a while, I actually ranked Finnegan way down at 24. <laughs> I feel like, personally, the Finnegan line is, in a lot of ways, the victim of 3D models, which is ironic, considering that it came in the generation that introduced them. I absolutely hate Delphox's in-game model, and I actually like it a lot better as a Pokemon depicted in the anime. Uh, that said, I genuinely dislike something about every single stage of this evolutionary line. Uh, Brakeson is the only form that I would personally consider to be truly well-designed and attractive, and even it suffers from being furry bait and gross. Uh, <laughs> although I do dig the concept of, like, a magical girl fire type who summons fire with her magic wand. Like, that's a really cool concept, but in execution, it's just a little weird because the internet. <laughs> because the fan art section of the internet do be, not yeah. look up do not google search this do not do it the typing the fire psychic typing is unique and it's very cool like i like it but it's frankly terrible like it's te a terrible defensive typing and del fox lacks the speed of greninja to be a proper glass cannon and excel despite that i feel like the concept of this line was really neat and again I like all these models. I like the Finnegan line, but it does fall very close to the bottom for me. It falls very short in implementation at just about every stage. Yeah, that's fair. It's my attachment to this Pokemon has a lot to do with my feelings about X and Y, the time I spent with it and just like concept work. And I feel, feel like it's a lot of the way you felt about Embor. Yeah. And I, I think everybody has who likes Pokemon has those Pokemon. Where they're like, I really dig this. It's not great, but I love it. Well, it's funny because at number nine, we're about to talk about another one of those for me. Because at number nine, I have Turtwig. Turtwig! <laughs> Why don't you talk about Turtwig since you ranked him a little lower? Uh, Turtwig was hard because I loved Speedy. Turtwig was my uh, season four starter for Blastburn Radio. And... I carried a lot of gems on the back of, of that mon. Like, no question. Curse got me through a lot of shit. And I, I really like his visual design. I like all the stages of this Pokemon. But at the end of the day, the quad weakness to ice and being as slow as he is is so bad. It's so, so bad. Because if anything comes out that could even sneeze out ice out its nose, you gotta run. You run for the hills. It's not like, oh no, ice threatens me and I'm Garchomp. It's, I'm a slow turtle. <laughs> I really like him. I didn't weigh competitive on a lot of, of my choices, but that quad weakness to ice, I, I can't ever overlook it. That's fair. Uh, and logically, this is another Pokemon who should probably be lower on the list. But I just fucking love him, so this is where he goes. Uh, Turtwig is an extremely well-designed Pokemon, and I also love his design at every single stage. He grows from a tiny, adorable tortoise and grows into a fucking Ankylosaur, and also the turtle with the world on its back, which is just fantastic. 
I mean, re- realistically, if anybody doesn't know, he's also my mascot for UPPL. So clearly I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. From a design standpoint, he is absolutely top notch. He is grass ground, which is a terrible type combination competitively. Ground gives grass only, really, the only benefit that ground gives to grass is an immunity to electric, which is a type that it already resisted in return for a quad weakness to ice, which is one of the best offensive types in the game. Despite this, Torterra is still surprisingly decent in competitive play, at least in the low tiers where it makes its home. More importantly, though, Torterra is an absolute powerhouse in gameplay when functioning as a starter. Unlike Chestnut, who is another like slow defensive grass starter, his best moves are not locked behind breeding and post-game tutors because the people who designed him do not hate us. Uh, Torterra <laughs> gets access to Leech Seed, Synthesis, Stab, Earthquake, and Woodhammer, Rock Coverage by TM, and most importantly, Curse. Again, all of that is level up except for Rock Slide or Stone Edge, which are common TMs. Turtwig is an absolute joy to use. He's an attractive starter, and he is only held back by that one crippling weakness. Yeah, I. in regards to Chespin, let's just like back up a hot minute since we're talking about the developers hating us. I kind of feel like we got out of Gen 5, and they were like, man, some people were really mad about Gen 5. Back, back to basics, and they were like, but... We gotta give somebody something to bitch about. They're like, make one of the starters complete shit. Just... It'll be a surprise. <laughs> well, it's funny because you say that and I agree with you. We just disagree about which starter that is. <laughs> That's true. Finnegan's not the worst to use. I will say I have used Finnegan in many a Nuzlocke and I enjoy using it. I, it's just the design that kills me. Yeah. I, I will be doing a wide Nuzlocke soon and using Finnegan. So that should be fun. Yeah. Who do you have at number eight, Mess? Number eight is my good owl boy, Rowlet. Oh, that'll be fun. The cutest lad. He's so cute. I love owls. I love owls in general. I love grass Pokemon. The two together was like a win fucking win. Also, it becomes like fucking Robin Hood ghost. Badass. Love it. Great. It was my first Gen 7 starter. They were like, would you like this cat? Would you like this seal? Would you like this adorable fucking owl right now? I was like, already gone. It was just out the door. I was like, I took it. Catch me later. I'll register it somewhere. Goodbye. Decidueye and your good spirit shackle. That is more than fair. So just a, a quick refresher, because again, it's been a minute. I actually ranked Rowlet at 17. Um, and so here's the thing. From a design standpoint, this is my least favorite Generation 7 starter line, but Rowlet is easily my favorite Alolan starter. Like, in a vacuum, Rowlet, Litten, Poplio, I'm taking Rowlet every time. He is the most adorable thing on the planet, one of my favorite starters ever, and if it evolved by just getting a larger and more elaborate bow tie every time, it would be the only Pokemon I ever use. Decidueye is fine. The typing, the ghost, the ghost grass type is interesting, though we got two lines in Generation 6, Pumpkaboo's line and Trevenant's lines. And then we also got Delmize in Gen 7, so it's a little saturated at this point and very suddenly, which is kind of strange. Yeah. I don't love Dartrix. Dartrix is probably one of my least favorite second stages. Like, it's not bad but it doesn't speak to me at all like it goes from a little adorable dapper owl to being like this weird emo kid and i don't i don't like it not compared to rowlet it was on his way on his (laughs) way to his transformation into robin 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Uh, competitively, Decidueye is a really interesting Pokemon and it has a ton of options, but it's, it's really held back by its speed tier. It is not bulky enough to be as slow as it is with a grass typing. It's just not, and it hurts it. It's a good Mon. I like it a lot, but I like it more as Rowlet than as Decidueye. Yeah, it's, that's totally fair. Like, as we get towards the top, you're going to find that there are certain animals that I just really like as a person. And Pokemon based off of those animals tend to just really resonate with me a lot. Uh, Rowlet is one of those. Because, again, I really like owls. I was always really disappointed as a kid that Hoot Hoot and Knocked Owl were such garbage. Yeah, yeah, that is that is fair. All right, well, my number eight was Charmander. Da-da. And I feel, I feel like you betrayed him a little bit because this was your starter. This was my starter, but you know what? Charmander appears fucking everywhere all the time. I face him in every other match in the OU ladder and the UU ladder. It's so bad. He's all over the place all the time. And we go back to Kanto a whole lot in the games. And then in a game where we don't go back to Kanto, Professor Sycamore is like, hey, you want a fucking Charmander? I just, I need a break. I need a break from Charmander and Squirtle a lot, a lot, a lot. I just, I don't know. His Megas are really, really good. Like, there's no doubt competitively that that Charizard is an amazing Pokemon. I just, I don't like those boys as much as I used to, with, like, the exception of one. Uh, And you can guess which one, because I've mentioned the other two. Because we see them. All the time. They feel oversaturated, I guess. See, that's ironic because, you know, to you, that's a big weakness of the line. To me, it's a big strength. Like, Charmander is is iconic. It's the original cool starter, even though it wasn't mine. Uh, it is iconic at every evolution stage. From the anime to the video games, even the trading card game where holographic Charizard was the original holy grail of cards. Charizard is the beneficiary of not one, but two mega evolutions, both of which are fantastic, and they're very different. It isn't the best Generation 1 starter mechanically when taken as itself without its Megas. In fact, in a game where fire is among the worst types, it's arguably the worst. And it remains a middling to bad Pokemon for most of the series, but it was always deeply loved. And that speaks to the strength of its design, that even when it was hot ass, it was everyone's favorite Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking flying fire dragon. There's there's just no question as to why people love it. That's why I loved it as a kid. It's just, I feel, I feel like it's overdone at this point. And again, like, I kind of feel like I see it all the time. I get really excited when I'm in ladder and I see something that I don't see often because I legitimately don't know what it's fucking doing there. <laughs> like what why is it here what is it gonna run and sometimes it's really fucking interesting like you know what you're getting when you see a charizard x yeah yeah that that is valid who'd you rank at number seven mess score bunny score bunny okay well i haven't ranked him yet but my number seven was snivy snivy so good snivy made my number 10 uh, he was, he made the top 10 because Superior is incredible. I love, I love the design. I love how offensively threatening Superior is. I love Contrary. Like, there are so many things I love about that line that are so cool. 
And most snake Pokemon I don't like. This is, is really the exception. And I think it is because it is grass and not poison. And I like poison Pokemon a lot. But I feel like it being a grass snake, which is very dangerous, is so... It's so contrary to what you would normally expect from a snake and from a grass Pokemon, and that makes it fantastic. Yeah, I I really did not expect this Pokemon to climb this high on my personal list. I didn't expect it to crack the top ten, if I'm being honest. But the more that I looked at them, it absolutely deserves to be here. The Snivy line is good in every way that it is possible for a Pokemon to be good. It is well-designed and attractive. It progresses naturally as it evolves. I particularly like how it starts out as a snake with legs and arms, and it loses those as it evolves, because that mirrors how some biologists think that some snakes snakes really did evolve, which I think was a really cool touch. I said before that it takes a certain X factor for a monotype Pokemon to be, in my opinion, truly good. And Snivy has plenty of that. Uh, in gameplay, just as a starter, it gets access to Coil by level up uh, alongside Leech Seed, turning it into a very potent, bulky setup sweeper. For competitive play, it gets the phenomenal ability Contrary, uh, which reverses stat increases and debuffs and turns it into a powerfully threatening sweeper with Leaf Storm. Uh, with great support options in the aforementioned Leech Seed and in Glare. Superior is great across the board, and it absolutely deserves to be in the top 10. I was really glad that there was a Gen 5 starter that made my top 10. As much shit as I give that game and that that series, I want to love things about it. And Snivy, for me, is that thing. It's the thing that I look at those games, and you know, I look at those starters and go, yeah, yeah, this was awesome. Good job, you guys. I might be angry about everything else, but but this... All right, well, who did you rank at number six, Mess? Mudkip. The Kip. Okay. Mudkip was... Where was Mudkip on your list? We're, we're far along now. Mudkip landed at number 12 for me. So not, not the worst. Strictly middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, upper end. Again, Mudkip for me was the line where they went from good to being fantastic. Yeah. Mudkip is, is, really, is really great. In Gen 3, Mudkip is fucking amazing. Marshtop is a weird Pokemon. I'm going to let you talk about that because I know you got feelings. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just a it's a good quality overall Mon. It's got a fantastic Mega. It's still great and competitive. Swampert is just, is just incredible. It's got a great typing combination. And realistically, it, it's not... Terrible at, at a lot of things. There's a lot of interesting things you can do about it, even if, even if most of the time you are using it as a wall. And I'm using Swampert on one of my draft teams right now, and it's great. I love it a lot. Also, Frankenberry. <laughs> yeah, Mudkip, Mudkip taken by itself in a vacuum without its evolutionary line is a phenomenal starter. It is among the cutest in the entire series. It's right up there with Rowlet. It's extremely good, uh, its whole evolution line. Swampert defined competitive play when it was introduced, and it remains a force to this day. Like, there are not many Gen 3 Pokemon left in UU or OU, uh, and Swampert is right up there. From a design standpoint, I genuinely dislike Swampert. Like, I just don't love it, and Marshtop 
in its original Gen 3 sprites, I like. I don't love it. Like, it's awkward, but it's like that cute, awkward, like your weird little brother. Like, it's it's fine. With 3D models, however, Mars Tom's 3D model is a hate crime. Like, <laughs> it looks like someone did a bad caricature of a kid with Down syndrome, and it makes me offended to look at. Oh, man. That, that is ruthless. Swampert, however, is saved to some degree by his Mega, which is a great swole boy that I absolutely love. He's a good, good punching friend. He likes to swim real fast. I love that Swampert's Mega fills an entirely different role from what Swampert does. That just makes me real happy in general. Mudkip is a great, well-designed Pokemon, and his line is extremely good to play with, even if I don't always love the weird Mudfish, I- as far as their their looks. He's your Puddle Buddy. <laughs> Maybe I would like him better if his name was Puddle Buddy. <laughs> uh... All right, well, we have our first match on a uh, on a Galar starter because I ranked Sobble at number six. Okay, so you go ahead and talk about Sobble. You like Sobble a lot more than me, but now that we're talking about Galar starters, like I think there's some things. I think that there are some things where we give them the benefit of the doubt on some stuff, and they can rank high because we we don't know a lot. Yeah, we considered doing this list as just the base form starters so that things were a little bit more fair for the new boys. But ultimately, like, I've had so much time with most of these Pokemon that I don't know that I can compartmentalize them that way. Like, their evolutionary lines are a part of them. Um, so we just kind of went into this with the understanding and the acceptance that our feelings on these three Pokemon are going to change a lot as we know more about them. Now, that being said, I actually... Coming into making this list, this was one of the biggest shakeups for me that shook me a little bit because I considered myself to be a part of the Sobble Squad coming in. I was 100% Team Sad Boy. But guess what? If you're paying attention, we're about to crack the top five and there is a Galar starter I have not listed yet. So that's a thing. That being said, Sobble is an absolutely top tier design and I love it a lot. It is, it's very reminiscent in some ways of Mudkip, but it's so... Like, so much of some Pokemon is performative, and even though we haven't seen much of Sobble in motion yet, I can already tell that it's going to be one of those Pokemon. And it really separates itself from Mudkip with, with, with its, its personality. The little bit of the personality we already have, whereas Mudkip is a very, like, happy kind of derpy boy, Sobble is a very sad, anxious boy, and he's sweet, and I just want to give him his antidepressants and love him. Uh, <laughs> I-, I love that he's a chameleon design, I love his sad, watery little eyes, and uh, this is just a hunch, but I really feel like this is going to be one of those Pokemon that gets substantially better the more we see of it doing things. I am really looking forward to getting this sad boy in the anime. Yeah, it's... I think it's going to be good. So, full disclosure, Sobble is my least favorite of the Galar starters. You haven't seen any of them on uh, my list, and we're about to hit hit top top five. So that's that's the thing. But I still think that Sobble is a really well designed base form. I, he definitely has spunk. He definitely has personality. He's cute. The reason I don't like him as much as the other two is I have enough depression in my life. I don't need an escapism pet who is also sad. <laughs> that is like 100% legit the reason. I looked at that. I was like, no, nah, I don't need that. I can play this for, for the fucking happy. 
I mean, you got Grookey over there playing fucking rock drums, and you got like Bugs fucking Bunny running around. That's all good. I love it. You, you so sad. I'm too sad to take care of more sad. But it doesn't stop me from thinking that he's very, very well designed. And I think, as Jolly mentioned, it's going to get better as we go along. And he has the benefit of the fact that I know nothing else about him. I can't dislike the game that he's in because I've never played it. I haven't seen his two other forms, so I can't be disappointed that they hijacked the line and did something fucking bonkers. Like, there's nothing for me to dislike. And so he does make... Uh, he was number 11 for me. He didn't break the top 10, but he was pretty damn close. Yeah, yeah. For for both of us, all of the Galar starters made top 15. But again, there's a healthy dose of, of hype mixed into that, and there's also a healthy dose of we don't know enough to be disappointed yet. Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of the Galar starters, we got another match because at number five, I ranked my my top one. I ranked Score Bunny. Score Bunny. Uh, why don't you talk about Score Bunny? Well, I mean, again, this is an incredible design that has a lot of potential for growth for future evolutions. I'm really excited to see what direction it goes in. His, what, what gets me about Score Bunny and the reason that as I really examined these guys and had to place them that he actually wound up passing Sobble is just his face. It's so expressive and it's just, it's so fucking happy. And I just really like this Pokemon. Like it just, it just speaks to me and I really hope the Game Freak don't fuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> That's a distinct possibility still. I'm personally dreading all the fucking evolved score bunny, low punny, like dark web fucking fan art that's coming. Cause it's gonna fucking happen, you guys. Internet, could you just not? Like, we already had like really gross stuff with Diggersby. Can we just let that be it, please? For <laughs> us, for your friends. You just know it's gonna happen. Rabbits everybody knows what people draw and think about rabbits. But as somebody who grew up uh, in, in my household watching Looney Tunes with my dad, like Bugs Bunny is such an important character in my life. I don't talk about Looney Tunes a lot because, I, I mean, honestly, the, the cartoon was, was older than me when I was watching it. But he's so iconic. And in the little intro for Score Bunny, the way that he moves and the way that he looks at you, you can tell there was inspiration drawn there. And I love it. It's so good. I don't tend to kind of, I don't know what the word is, gravitate towards Firestarters a lot. It shouldn't be any surprise to anybody uh, who knows me, but... Yeah, I rant and get all fired up about things, but I am not generally ever the brightest fire in any room. I'm quiet. I'm subdued. I like to listen. And I only talk when I feel like I have something valuable to say. Like, I am not the life of the party. I'm not out on the dance floor doing things. Fire is an element that is all of those things that I am not. And therefore, a lot of times, fire starters just aren't for me. But I really, really like this lad. He's so happy and he's so cool. I, I really do hope that they don't fuck him up. If he turns out to be electric as well, he might change my opinion on electric Pokemon, which would be really neat. I, I really dig him. I'm looking forward to, to seeing him. And I'm really kind of like bummed out that I'm probably not going to pick him 
first. And so I'm going to have to kind of like live vicariously through everybody else who ends up picking him as their starter. Yeah, if anything, he's going to be the one super effective against you. He's going to be the one that butt wipe uses to mop the floor with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to deal with that fire fucking fighting boy. No, um, <laughs> You know what? I like him enough. I won't even be upset if he's firefighting. Yeah, it, that's true. I'll be disappointed in Game Freak, but I won't be mad at Score Bunny for it. Yeah, it's not his fault. He's still a sweet boy. Yeah. All right. Well, we've we've cracked the top five. Messer Engine, who'd you place at number five? Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur. Okay, well, I we haven't gotten to him yet, but spoilers, we're about to, because I ranked Bulbasaur at number four. Da-da-da. Bulbasaur. Okay, we talked about my opinion on Kanto stars and how we see them all the time. Bulbasaur has had the opposite effect for me. When I was a kid, Bulbasaur was the starter that was like, meh, meh, meh. Like, he's useful. Like, his, like, we, we did our sleep lock and we joked a lot about Lol Bulbasaur uh, because he's so good in that game. And he, to me, growing up, he was always the starter that you picked if you wanted to be kind of a wuss and just be like, yeah, all right, we're just going to raffle stomp this whole fucking game. And I never really gave him too much of a second thought. I, I always kind of felt that Venusaur, when compared to Blastoise and Charizard, just wasn't as cool. He he got real froggy and real weird. But the years have given me a lot of renewed interest in Bulbasaur because Mega Venusaur is so good. I love Mega Venusaur's design for competitive visually, like all of it. I've also come to really appreciate in our Nuzlocke series, the value of fucking sleep powder uh, way more than I ever did just playing through the games as a kid. I really, really like Bulbasaur a lot. And honestly, the only reason he probably did not make top three is because he's not a monkey. Because there's one boy ahead of him, ahead of the top three on the list. But re- we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I, I really, really dig Bulbasaur a lot. And I think that he has stood up incredibly well over the years. That is, I mean, that's definitely fair. I I have to admit to, to kind of feeling the same in a lot of regards. Number one in the Pokedex is number four in my heart. And... If it was not for nostalgia, he would probably be my favorite Kanto starter at this point. He's just great. He is quite possibly the perfect starter in the traditional sense of the word. Uh, he has great tight matchups throughout the entire first half of the game in Kanto. Uh, status moves to ensure easier captures, and he's adorable. Bulbasaur absolutely does not get enough love out of the community. The little guy is fantastic competitively, too. Uh, Mega Venusaur is a premier tank with thick fat, boosting his worst type weaknesses. And even regular Venusaur with Chlorophyll is a phenomenal Sunsweeper who's really, really good in VGC right now. My only complaint about this line is that Bulbasaur the animal doesn't change much as he evolves. He just gets bigger and the plant on his back grows. This isn't a real criticism, however. It's simply a statement that I personally generally prefer more dynamic evolution uh but his design is still top notch yeah no no complaints my my good dino flower boy he's a good good frog friend we love him a lot all right well mess who did you rank at number four totodile made number four for me hey that good good smiley croco smiley croco 
All right. Did you put Totodile anywhere on this list yet? I have not ranked Totodile yet. Mm. Who did you have at number four? Uh, I had Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur, that's right. Sorry. That's right, we just talked about that. <laughs> well, who'd you have at number three, Bess? I had Poplio, actually, and that is a really surprising choice for me. A lot of people might be surprised at that, actually. When Gen 7 came out, I was kind of like, uh, it's a seal, kind of like whatever. But when Ultra Moon came out, I was like, okay, I'm going to run with this water starter. I haven't done it. We're on a fucking island. Like, it'll be cool. And I loved it so much. It changes so dramatically from stage one to stage three, but it's never so off that you're like, they did a, they pulled a bamboozle on us. It feels like a natural evolution of the Pokemon. It just wasn't what I expected at, at starter, like base form. I also use Primarina on my UPPL team and it's, it's, it's bulk and versatility and its ability to like just hit things so goddamn hard is fantastic. Even its hidden ability, while not perfect, is really, really neat and I like it. I love the fact that it's got a fairy typing. Fairy is a typing that I like a lot, which is funny because I also really like poison a lot and those two are like polar fucking opposites. But yeah, this was the surprise move up for me. It started like two-thirds of the way down the list and slowly worked its way up and up and up and up. Well, that's fair. Um, just a quick reminder, I ranked Poplio way down at number 18, and that's not really a criticism. I was actually genuinely surprised by how low this Mon fell on this list. I expected it to be much higher. But again, everything from that point up were Mon that I considered to be genuinely good. I just liked them better than Poplio. I really do like the Poplio line. While... From a design standpoint, I don't consider it to be truly unique. I think that it suffers for me for following right on the back of the Finnegan line, which was another special attacking Pokemon line that was very feminine in design. It was the first starter with fairy typing. And while this design doesn't speak to me personally, I do think that it is well designed at every stage. It gets access to great coverage and is a fantastic Pokemon to use at every stage of the game. My only only real criticism of this line is that I personally, and this is very much a me thing, I don't dislike feminine Pokemon, but I dislike a Pokemon being this feminine in design and having such a heavily skewed gender ratio towards male. It's not a deal breaker by any stretch of the imagination. It's just the worst thing I can really say about it. Yeah, that's totally fair. I can understand that. It, To be honest, those things are kind of jarring for me sometimes as well, but I just... I just really enjoy it. I really like using it in UPPL. And my Ultra Moon run was one of my favorite, like, gameplay pieces that I've done on my own in a long time. So that definitely contributes there, too. Well, that is that is fair. Um, now, I need to <clears throat> clear my throat and get ready to holler. Uh, because at number three, I placed Litten. Dun, 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 dun. That Litten, it did not make number one for you. I am so surprised. You had it three down. I had it three from the bottom. How about that? <laughs> hey. Well, why don't you tell me why you love Sweet Personality Wrestler Boy, and then when you're done, I'll just make you real mad. <laughs> okay, so Litten. Litten is the point of contestation, the, the pain point between myself and Messer Engine, my sweet, sweet kitten boy, 
he's a great starter. Litton itself is clean and simple, but it's not boring, which is, I think, a difficult line to find, but I think it's one they kind of nailed on the head here. That said, I mean, we talked about Rowlett. Litton is not my favorite starter of the trio. Torcat is definitely my favorite middle stage of the Alolan trio, but still, like, not to such a large degree that it's noteworthy. I, I do think it's extremely good, but it's not like, holy shit, this is the, this is amazing. I love the Litten line for Incineroar. Incineroar is a fantastic Pokemon by every definition. It is well designed, particularly in motion. This is another one of those Pokemon that when I first saw static images of Incineroar, it didn't impress me. It's all the little things in its posing and in like its little taunts and, and it's, it's machismo that is just extremely charming to me. And he's just, he's full of life and he's fun. He is just fun. He's a fantastic Pokemon to use. Fire Dark is a great typing, both offensively and defensively. And Incineroar gets great coverage, including Leech Life, which the, the boost to Leech Life and its ability to sustain itself with it is fantastic in gameplay when combined with Incineroar's natural bulk. Competitively, Incineroar is phenomenal, particularly in VGC. If you're not familiar, in VGC, Incineroar has a near 100% usage stat. The combination of the ability Intimidate, Fake Out, U-Turn, Knock Off, Snarl, and more, it's just, it's everything that you could possibly want in a doubles Pokemon stuffed into one package. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Incineroar is a great mon. It, it is defining for me of Generation 7 and one of my top 10 all-time Pokemon, not just starters. Yeah, all the things that I would expect you to say about your your sweet cat. So, this line, Incineroar in particular, is like fucking children of men. I'm not debating that it's a good Pokemon. I'm not even going to fucking try. It is. I just hate it. So, I like Lydon a lot. I like Torcat a lot. I hate Incineroar, and it tanks the entire line for me immediately. Uh, it's like the Mass Effect 3 of Pokemon. It ruins it at the last fucking second. If I was... Okay, let's take Pokemon IRL for a minute, okay? I'm a cute, like, 12-year-old kid, or maybe a 15-year-old, and I want to go get a Pokemon friend, and I go into... I don't know, Professor Sycamore's lab, and I'm like, hey, yo, I'm old enough, I want a Pokemon, and they're like, hey, we got this Pokemon here, which one do you like? And I say, well, man, I like cats. Cats are so cool. My mom's even got a cat. It's awesome. I'm going to get this kitty, and kitties are great. I got two of them here at my house, and I love them an awful lot. I pet them, and they purr, and they're happy, and they make me happy. Lynn, great. Evolves into Tory Cat, Adult Cat. Great. Super cool. And I think to myself, eh, this looks pretty, looks pretty good. If it grows up one more time, I bet it'll be a kick-ass big saber-tooth tiger guard-like dog cat. That would be super badass because it's literally telegraphed from one to the other. This is where we're going. And then there comes a day when you beat little Jimmy in his fucking shorts and your Tory Cat is like, bro, I'm going to evolve. It's going to be great. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. I will now have a cat who is also like a dog. Like all the benefits of Dogmon. Protect the house. Do the things. Be threatening and intimidating. And you do get that. 
Except that he's a pelvis-thrusting fucking wrestler who shoots fire from his dick. Like, (laughs) if I was that kid, I would be like, what the fuck just happened? Because it's totally batshit crazy. I, as a person, hate wrestling. I don't like halucha either. Go figure. And if I was that kid and I was 15 and I was like hanging out with a girl and my Pokemon was just thrusting his fucking pelvis everywhere, I'd be like, get out of here, Incineroar. Like, you're going to blow it for me, bro. Like, you got to get gone. I just, I don't like it. I don't disagree that it is fantastic, that it is great competitively, that it's got a great hidden ability, that it's typing is excellent, that it doesn't have personality. It has all those things. I'm not even going to try to debate that with anyone, let alone Jolly by fucking nature, who loves this Pokemon more than, like, almost anything. Clearly there's stuff above it. But, god damn it, it is not for me at all. I have never felt more disappointed with an evolution, ever. Like, it betrayed every expectation that I had and then spit on me just just for good measure. Do not like, will never like. I'm sorry. Well, now that you've broken my heart, are you ready for me to break yours? Yeah, sounds good. Good, good. All right. Who did you pick at number two, Mess? Oh, my sweet boy Chimchar, which is entirely ranked out of my childhood experiences. So let's let's talk about Chimchar. You tell me why you love Chimchar. I mean, anybody who's listened to the show knows why I love Chimchar. It has very strong emotional attachments to me and my relationship with my mother and my family. Like my time rediscovering Pokemon. It has less to do with its like viability, I guess, and competitive, though it is still pretty it's very, decent. It's very good. Like, there are no problems there, but this is 100% an emotional pick for me. It would not be as high on this list if it wasn't, even though it is a monkey, and I love monkeys an awful lot. So, I'm not going to make friends, and I'm prepared for that. First of all, actually, I don't, I don't think that I've ever actually told you this mess. I had a similar, like, nickname as a kid. Uh, my mom would always, like, buy me monkey stuff, like plushes, and I've still got a plate, actually, in my cabinet that my my daughters eat on that's a monkey plate that my mom got me when I was, like, 10 years old as a gift. So I was I was also a little monkey as a kid, and that's not enough to save this Pokemon for me. I think that of the infamous firefighting club, Chimchar is the least interesting. It has the least interesting design. Chimchar himself is cute, but his flaming, constantly farting ass is just gross. Um, (laughs) The fact that his open flame, his point of open flame, which is a common design element of fire types, that it migrates from his asshole to the tip of his suddenly sprouted tail as Monferno. Is there a tube through that tail leaking his ass juice out? I don't fucking know. To his fucking head as Infernape, it doesn't feel cohesive or connected. I don't hate this line. It's objectively a good Pokemon, but the design does not resonate with me. Yeah, we're just pretty much in the same fucking spot. Just on different Mon. Just on different Pokemon, and that's that's fine. On the other hand, I think this is one that will be much more amicable amicable, amicable about. Uh, at number two, I ranked Totodile. Totodile is such a good lad. Yeah, you're good Holden, my good Chocodile. 
I I don't have enough good things to say about Tortodile, honestly. I really love this little gator friend. He's so good. And honestly, I feel like he's gotten better over time from Gen 2 onward. Like, the physical special split helped him out a whole bunch. His moveset, like, in modern times is is really, really good. I really dig using them. I actually moved up a totodile that I caught in silver or gotten silver on my virtual console up to Ultramoon when I was going through and I alternated between using my Feraligator and my Primarina throughout the game. Yeah, it's it's a very good mon. Totodile is fantastic. It is adorable, but it's also tough and cool looking, which most starters are one or the other. And Totodile manages both, which is kind of a difficult balance to strike. Uh, but it hits the sweet spot. He also manages to hit the right curve as he evolves. Totodile, in my opinion, is the Pokemon that is that has the most consistent, fantastic design from base form to fully evolved. Croconaw is quite possibly my favorite middle evolution of any starter period. And I'm honestly a little disappointed that he's a Croconaw for a shorter time than any other middle starter evolution. For Alligator is absolutely terrifying. It is a great strong boy, both in design and in play. Uh, he's strong and valuable in gameplay. He's quite viable and competitive with Dragon Dance and Sheer Force. And honestly, he would probably see use in UU, if not in OU, if Gyarados wasn't just better. My only criticism of this line is that it's a physically offensive water type that was introduced before the physical special split, but that obviously wasn't too hampering to it when he remains the starter of choice for speedrunners to this day. Yeah, <laughs> he wrecks shit in speedruns with just Fury Cutter. Just Yep, yep, just Fury Cutter and Rage. Rage in the very early game. Yeah, yep. just, just destroys everything. He's a great mon. I, I love him unequivocally well we've reached it we've reached the pinnacle and if, if anyone's keeping notes they, they know what our answers are yep. um but let's let's start with you mess who did you rank at number one this is gonna be like a mega surprise for people but i actually rank grookey here and there's there's a lot of reasons for that again take this with a grain of salt people who are screaming at their pod catchers right now i don't have anything bad to say about the gen 8 starters because we don't we don't know. We don't know the second forms. We don't know the third forms. We don't know the quality of the games. We don't know what the gyms are and how easy it is to use. We don't know what the new meta game is going to look like. We don't have any of that information. But here's the thing. Like, I already talked about the fact that I am not generally drawn to fire types. I am drawn to grass types. If you watch my streams, you'll note that I wear a lot of green. I wear a lot of green. I wear a lot of browns. Earth tones look really good on me. I have green eyes. Like, I am a very calm person. Earth concepts really, really speak to me, and I really love grass types for that reason. But wait, wait, so wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you, mess. But all the shit you have talked in the years that I have known you about fucking druids, and this is, this is a tangent you want to go on. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny because I don't want to go out into nature, but I appreciate it. I live in fucking Maine. <laughs> I think it's great. I don't think we should tear it down or like burn it all. I just don't want to be out in it. If you want to bring the monkey into me, I'm good. 
But yeah, I, I really don't like fucking druids. Hashtag hate druids. Anyways, I'm really drawn to grass types in the game. They they have regenerative capabilities, which I think is really cool. I love leech seed. I love powder moves. You know, sleep powder is great. Stun spore is great. I love all that stuff. I also really love monkeys. We've already discussed about this. And now there's a new monkey who is also a grass type. Awesome. That is so cool. He also likes to drum things, which is real neat. I definitely dig that. Grookey is here at number one because I am excited about the prospect of what he represents and what he could be to my Pokemon experience. I'm sure that I will be terribly disappointed but for now, uh, it's like Schrodinger's box. We don't know. It could be anything. And so I just, it could be in either state. It could be terrible. It could be great. I'm totally down with that. And it is up here because I hope that he is everything that I want him to be. So that he can stay on this list once Sword and Shield are out and we have that information. Okay, so I ranked Grookey at number 13, which was the lowest of the Galar starters. And that being said, I genuinely like Grookey's design. In a vacuum, though, it is my least favorite of this trio. It's difficult to say where I'll ultimately fall on these because we have so little context currently. I will say I like Grookey well enough that a good evolution set could make him my favorite. Like, it's by no means beyond the realm of possibility. Guess what, guys? When we first got access to the Alola trio, Litten was my least favorite of the three. You never know. Yeah. I mean, again, evolutions matter. Context matters. We just don't have those things right now. I do think that Grookey is genuinely neat. I love how his little face is evocative of an apple. Like, I think that that's a really cool, like, design standpoint for a, a grass starter. Although I don't love how his little face, like, specifically his mouth and his eyes are evocative of a Furby because those things are fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely a thing. I someone pointed that out like on Twitter. I can't unsee it. It's not enough to like make me go, "Uh." But at the same time, mm, yeah, maybe somebody should have noted that. Yeah. Before the direct. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I, I am really excited to see more of this little guy. I, again, both in the game and how he evolves and plays and just to see more like TCG art and anime appearances to get his personality to come through because I think that's going to matter a lot to me as well. I really loved a piece of fan art I saw with the uh, the Scottish girl trainer uh, with all three of the starters and she's like lighting a cigarette with score bunnies feet. And just Grookey is hang off of her leg going like, ah, ah, ah. she's got a fucking knife <laughs> and, <laughs> and his mouth is just like wide open with like fangs bared. And I was like, that is fucking fantastic. I kind of <laughs> hope he has a dapper hat and a knife. For the record, guys, the, the Scottish girl trainer memes are all absolutely fantastic. Tweet them at us on Twitter. We crave them. We crave them. We, 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 we require them. Continue. <laughs> All right. Well, my number one is my first and my only. It's Squirtle. Squirtle Squad. Now, what can I say? He is my boy. 
my very first starter, my partner on my very first Pokemon journey. Squirtle is a fantastic Pokemon with great representation in the games and the anime. Logically, Squirtle should probably be down the list somewhere, if I'm being honest. He lacks a second typing for diversity. He lacks a strong evolutionary line all the way through. Sorry, Wartortle, you're not a Croconaw. Uh, <laughs> and the years haven't always been kind to my boy Blastoise. The Generation 6 switch to 3D models in particular, I feel was really unkind to this line and made them go from being like very large and threatening to just being kind of rotund and derpy. But the same is true for me. So who am I to judge? Blastoise is objectively the weakest mega of the Kanto starters, but, and I can't overstate this. He is my starter. He's also got a cool factor that I think personally is tangible between anime Squirtle and his dope sunglasses and the fact that this boy evolves into a fucking panzer tank and then Mega evolves into a big fucking gun with more guns on it. He's just super fucking cool. He's he's my guy. I will love him absolutely and forever. I had Squirtle down at 18 and I've used Squirtle a lot. Over the years, uh, in playthroughs, notably in Blastburn Radio, in our speed run, and in season one. And I do like Squirtle a lot. He does have a lot of personality. I enjoyed him a lot in the anime. I love the sunglasses. Squirtle was one of the only days, community days for Go, that I went out and like seriously did some shiny hunting so I could have a Blastoise with sunglasses, of which I have two. I have a shiny one and I have a regular one. But for me, Squirtle, I don't know. I don't, I don't get the big gun aesthetic. I don't, I don't like it a whole lot. Uh, it's not my favorite. It would be like if Pikachu turned into a fucking race car. I, I, it's just not something that I enjoy. And it definitely knocks the Pokemon down in terms of like my enjoyment of it and of using it. I don't think that he's terrible. I've used Mega Blastoise in a couple of uh, ladder teams. And I've enjoyed having it. It's surprisingly, surprisingly surprising. It can do a lot of stuff. It just... It, it's just not there for me in, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And I don't, I don't want to knock that. I understand why you like this mod a whole lot. Just like I understand why you like Lyndon a whole lot. It's just not my, it's not, it's not my choice. Well, I mean, again, we, we knew we weren't going to agree on every beat, but I think that there's actually a surprising level of synergy between these lists. There's a lot of Mon that don't necessarily line up on the same line, but are, are very, very close to each other. What we've learned, everybody, is that we have very strong feelings about fire types and where they belong. <laughs> that's on that's this true. List. Like the bottom of my list is three quarters fire and the top has a lot too. So that's just the thing. What did you learn about your opinions on the starters when you put this list together? Did everything go where you thought it would? No, I, uh, when I was making the list, I, I obviously wrote down all the starters on, uh, like a word document and then I started sorting them into general groups of like top, top third, like middle third, bottom third, just to be like, how do I feel about these? And I tried very much to make it gut feelings to start with, where I looked at the name of the Pokemon and I said, how do I feel about this? Top percentage, bottom percentage, don't know. And I sorted those around until the groups were relatively even, obviously. And then I started to do a deep dive of where does it belong in this cut? 
of the list. And in a lot of times, I surprised myself on where things went. If you had told me that I would have rated Fennekin in the top 10 when I started this, like earlier, I would have told you that you were fucking crazy. But to my surprise, I, that's where it ended up. And several times, I had to shuffle things around. Like, I would get to a point where I would be looking at, let's say, the top third uh, and go, man, this one's going to end up near the bottom. Is is there something here in the, the, the middle part that's going to end up near the top that really should be up here higher? Things r- regularly dropped, even when I got close to the final, like, two or three spaces or more. Not, like, more than five, but... There was definitely like ladder room up and down as I got closer to a final list. I don't know if it was like that for you, but everything was in flux until the very last minute. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, Turtwig actually climbed like eight spots as the list was being made because I was just like, why is he beneath this? There's no reason for that. And I would push him up. And the opposite is true of Mudkip. He fell about six. <laughs> but... Yeah, I was I was really surprised, like by some of my own opinions when I really look at them collectively as a group. You know, I I've always lauded the Gen 4 and Gen 7 trios as being some of the best trios of starters we've ever gotten. And in both of those instances, like most of those Mon did not rank particularly well for me. Not necessarily terribly, but certainly not at the top. Whereas, you know, if anything, like not to not to paint with too broad of a brush, but but of the two of us, mess, you are far more the Gen Oneer than I am. You enjoy the the original one fifty one in the Kanto story a lot more, whereas I tend to want new and exciting things in Pokemon and to get away from that much more frequently. And for me, the Kanto starters were all top ten, and for you. None of them were, or or basically none of them were, other than Bulbasaur, which I was a little surprised at. But I think that the reason is, ultimately, is because those Kanto starters are iconic of Pokemon. And I love Pokemon. So it's very difficult for me to dislike them to any degree. Even as much as I think that Kanto is probably the most boring region in all of Pokemon, and I have no desire to continue to visit it. Like, those particular Pokemon will always hold a special place in my heart because this series holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, I feel that way very much about the original 151, just like in general. There's just, there's a strong pull for me towards, let's say, like, coughing or, you know, Pidgeot. Um, But realistically, I also think that over time, like, design elements of Pokemon have gotten much better. Yeah. Um, And... No, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I do think that probably none other than maybe Venusaur of the original starters would have cracked the top 10 without the without the influence of Mega Evolution. Uh, those Mega, not even just in terms of gameplay, but in terms of design, really revitalized those Pokemon. Yeah, their Megas are really good. Like, in terms of the way that they look and the way that they feel and the way that they're used. But I, I generally kind of, as I went through the list, a lot of... As somebody who grew up with a father who is an artist and a painter, a lot of the way I feel about things has its ties in, in, in art. I am much more likely to look at a Pokemon on a list and tell you, I really love this because it looks this way or it makes me feel a certain emotion and not have it tied to something mechanical. And as a result, you know, I look at Squirtle Charmander and 
Bulbasaur, at least before their Megas. And I go, yeah, these are okay. They're, they're what I would expect, right? Like we said, Charizard is extremely iconic. But, I mean, he's he's a generic fire dragon. You said that in at like episode one of Blastburn Radio. And he is. He's iconic for that reason. But he's nothing like inspired, I guess, is the best way to put it. Whereas I think that some of the Mon on this list really fucking are. Like, Torterra is a great example of that for me. I feel like its final form has enough roots in, like, mythology and, like, enough reference there for you to get it. But at the same time, takes a very unique stab at that. And that's fantastic to me. Like, there's just so many instances of that on this list. And it really pushed down those other two two folks for me. And I also, like some of these one that I really like, I, I like to see them in the settings where we see them in their specific games. And the fact that we see them in such a limited fashion because they are starters makes them feel more fresh, I guess. Now that's that is more than fair. All right, guys. Well, let's let's dive into our consolidated list, the definitive Blast Burn Radio starter ranking. So to achieve this ranking, what we have done is we have scored these Pokemon based on where we ranked them. A combined score. So the Pokemon that I ranked at number 26 got 26 points, etc. etc. We combine those points from each of our rankings. The more points you have, the lower on the list you go. So Without further ado, at number 25, tied, we have Chespin and Oshawott, each with a score of 47 points. At number 24, we have Eevee with a score of 46. At number 23, we have Trico with 41. Uh, we have Torchic at 22, ironically falling from where we both placed it, <laughs> with a score of 40. We have Cyndaquil at 21 with a score of 39. Uh, we have Chikorita coming in at number 20. Uh, we have Tepig at 19. Finnekin at 18. Piplup at 17. My Sweet Litten all the way down at 16 in the bottom half. Okay. Chimchar's gonna be right there. <laughs> um less than you would think we'll we'll see we have pikachu at 15 and then in a three-way tie at number 12 we have chimchar rowlet and charmander each of which pulled a score of 25 we have froki at number 11 and then cracking the top 10 at number nine we have a tie between turtwig and poplio at number eight we have squirtle which hurts, but is fair. At number seven, we have Mudkip. <laughs> that boy climbed back up. <laughs> he did. He went right back up. At number five, in a tie, we have Snivy and Sobble. At number four, we have Grookey. At number three, we have Scorebunny. At number two, we have Bulbasaur. And at number one, the champion of the Blastburn Radio starters, we have ya boy Totodile. Hell yeah. Again, overall, I'm actually pretty happy with the way that that list shakes out, with the obvious exception of my sweet baby Litten. I I can deal with him not being top five. I am personally offended that he's not top ten. <laughs> 
my my bottom three uh, rating did not did not help him up, and the fact that I rated Chimchar on my list higher than you rated uh, Lyddon on yours. Yeah, yeah, that didn't help. And I also ranked Chimchar higher than you ranked Lytton by just a little bit, so. Yeah, you know, if they ever have a water monkey starter, all three of my favorite mon will be monkeys. <laughs> how, how do you feel about our combined list? I think it's pretty good. I This was actually a really fun episode to do. Like, making this list was legitimately hard. The middle section in particular was, like, agonizing. Trying to figure out like, where in this middle area where you're like, these are good, but they're not, like, amazing, and they're not bad. Like, trying to figure out where those went and, like, what was going to push them up and down was very difficult. But I think over the course of the last, like, nearly two hours now, like, we've gone through all of these mods. We've provided a lot of background and reasons to, to like them or not like them and from a variety of different angles. And I think that all of those opinions were were valid. Like... And the combined scores, I, I think, are pretty pretty representative. There are obviously some placements where things fell where I didn't wouldn't like rank them myself, but that's the point, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is something that can change over time. You know, we'll try to make a point to do like a, a return to this after Sword and Shield come out and see if anything's changed. Yeah, absolutely. And by all means, give us your list. Uh, we'd like to know where you think the starters fall. And if we get enough responses, maybe we'll even consolidate a community list. Yeah, that'd be really, really cool. Watch, we'll receive like 150 lists. And yeah, we'll be and like, we'll just be like, well, Flame? Well, fuck. <laughs> Zachary? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Please, sir, help us math. <laughs> It's real good, though. I, I like it a lot. I think it's real interesting that all three of the Galar starters cracked our combined top five. And yep. uh, that's really good. Don't fuck it up, Game Freak. You did a good. Do it right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Now, the last thing that I want to do on this topic is, you know, the the YouTube series that have been going rampant that inspired this. One of the reasons that they've been going so viral is because the creator of the original video, which was Hoodlum Callum, so shout out to Callum, uh, he actually tagged other creators that he wanted to see follow the format and do the same thing. So I think that it's only fair that we do the same within our own community. So Messer Engine, what Pokemon podcast would you like to see rank their star? I need I need Luke loves Pokemon to to rank their starters. Luke Summerhays is such a positive force in the Pokemon community. He's so happy and nice and kind, and he loves all of his sweet boys. I don't know how he's going to put this together, but I have to know his thoughts. That's that's very very good. Actually, I would love to listen to Luke's starter ranking episode. So please, Luke, we need you for myself. I am going to challenge my good buddy Trainer Thatch and Puckle Podcast because they have a number of voices on their show, which means they should get some really good debates and, and you know, resorts to fisticuffs. Uh, so, <laughs> Puckle, <laughs> rank your starters. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you very much for being patient and sticking around with us as we did something a little bit different and more experimental as we were, you know, taking a break from the normal format. Of course, we will be back to that normal format in two weeks with the next main series episode of Blast Burn Radio. And it should be worth the wait, guys. I don't want to spoil things, but I, I can only speak for myself and my weekend gameplay was a, a doozy. So be sure to look forward to that. Of course, next week is going to be our very special Q&A episode of Blast Burn Radio Adventures. So if you have not 
not done so yet, please be sure to submit your questions to us by email at blastburnradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can ask questions of any of our players on adventures, of any of their characters if you want to ask them an in-character question, or of myself as a GM or any of our NPCs. And we'll be happy to answer as many of those as we can. Please only submit those by email. Uh, we've already gotten a lot of questions, and if we start getting them in by Twitter or anywhere else, there's just a really good chance that we'll miss them. Yeah, please send them in. We're really excited to answer them uh, on the air, as it were, uh, even though we will obviously be, be uploading it after we've answered those questions. But we are really excited with how the pilot ended, and we hope that you were you enjoyed it, and we want to hear from you. Now, as always, we want to make sure that you guys know where you can find us on Twitch. I, I have to be honest with you guys. I'm not sure if I'm streaming this week or what I'm streaming since we're caught up. I don't particularly want to start like a new stream project when we're in the middle of a series that's as time intensive as HeartGold SoulSilver is. But I don't want to leave you guys hanging for a stream either. So we'll try to figure something out. Uh, stay tuned to the usual channels to see if and when I'll be live. Uh, but as always, you can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jollybynature. Sweet. I'm at twitch.tv slash engine as always. Uh, and as always, don't forget to uh, like, rate, and review the show on your podcatcher of choice, preferably iTunes. We like the iTunes. Uh, it helps people find the show, and we really, really appreciate it. Totodile really, really appreciates it. He'll give you that big toothy grin. Uh, <laughs> and don't forget to uh, follow the show on Facebook or Twitter at Blastburn Radio. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at BDR Jolly. And I'm at Messer Engine. And as always, don't forget to check out Messer Engine's company, Mythic Portal Games, uh, for all of your online role-playing asset needs. Uh, if you are inspired by Blastburn Radio Adventures, if you want to run your own RPG campaign, whether it is uh, Pokemon Tabletop United or Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or GURPS, maybe a GURPS? I don't actually know what GURPS is. I'm just assuming that it's relevant. Um. <laughs> God damn it, Steve. <laughs> I literally do not know what a GURPS is. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I have failed you. I will turn in my cards. Uh, <laughs> you can't do that. You have to run adventures. But yeah, check that stuff out. We got maps and we got tokens and we got all the things to enhance your role-playing experience on a virtual tabletop. And as always, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash challenge accepted media. You can support the show and the things that we do for as little as a dollar a month, and you can earn exclusive rewards and content, including early access to adventures. So if you like that show, you can listen to it early. It's, it's, I, I, I think it's good. I hope you think it's good. I, I love adventures, you guys. All right, everybody. Well, that's going to be it for us tonight. As always, I have been Jolly by Nature. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. We'll see you soon, folks. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. If you enjoy Blastburn Radio or any of our other projects, you can support us at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy off the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. Check out this great album at missingno.ocremix.org. Battle music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out her work on YouTube or SoundCloud at Glitch X City. Closing music in today's episode is National Park Cover by Family Jewels. Be sure to check him out on YouTube or follow him on Twitter at FamilyJewels7x. 
Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her other work or contact her for commissions on Twitter at RachieChu. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. <laughs>